Hello, everyone, and thank you very much for tuning into the Sheila Zielinski Show today. I have a fantastic guest, but before I jump into the program, I'm asking people to get behind this ministry. And of course, as most people know, YouTube has completely demonetized my platform. I have not made an income on YouTube since 2018, and I'm not going to go back into advertising. So this is 100% listener supported, no advertisements, no interruptions. That is something that I heard from you, the listener. If you would stand behind this ministry and support it, you can become a patron or there's other ways that you can help financially. You simply can go to SheilaZelinski.com. We've made it really easy, a lot of different ways that you've requested and we answered those requests and we came up with some very convenient ways for you to support the program, including Zelle, Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, and other ways to support. The great thing about Patreon, if you become a patron of mine, there is perks coming. I'm trying to get that organized with my time. Hopefully, one of the things I wanted to do was hire someone this fall, and I'd like to be able to also go to a video platform. So that's really exciting. A more of a TV style program, but I don't know how to do any of that. That is not my forte. But one of the things that you know that I've said at the early part of July is I really want to hire some staff because the uh, demand on this ministry is very overwhelming. It's just not a one man show anymore. And so you can look forward to some of those things. A lot of times I communicate to my patrons only. It's a very great way to stay in the loop as well. And there's going to be some great perks, including private fireside chats with Sheila and special guests. And I'm counting on people to get behind it so that this broadcast can continue. This is not a 501c3 ministry. Although heavily censored, please do follow me on social media. Instagram, you don't want to miss those memes. Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. All that information also is over there on my website. All my social media icons are up in the right-hand corner. And please make sure you're signed up for our e-newsletter. We send important shows out as well as upcoming guests. It's a great way to stay in touch especially with all the censorship that is going on. I do look forward to hearing from you. So jump on over there today at SheilaZelinski.com. Well, I want to jump right into the program. My guest is fantastic. He is really a beacon of light out there. He's one of the smartest guys I know, really literarily and journalistically. But he's also just a huge source of information. It is none other than Alex Newman from Liberty Sentinel. His bio is just way too long. Just know that he is absolutely one of the best journalists out there. And what I love about Alex is everything that he does, he does for the glory of God. And I so appreciate that about him. He's got a new book that is wow, that just released. I'm so excited to get into this. So without further ado, Alex Newman, welcome back to the program, my friend. It's so great to have you back on. Thank you so much for having me, Sheila. It's great to be with you. Well, first of all, what motivated you to write this book? Because for 10 years, I've been talking about the United Abominations, the Bilderberg (laughs) Group, the Secret Societies, Skull and Bones, Bohemian Grove. But I love the fact that you say it's an invisible government behind the scenes. You cover a lot in this book. So first of all, kudos for that, Alex. Well, thank you, Sheila. And the idea 
for this whole exploration of the deep state, it's it's kind of a silly story, but I got a call from uh, a friend up in upstate New York, and every time he's ever had me there to give a speech, he always pulls in amazing crowds, great people, and, and it's kind of in hostile territory, and you know, New York is one of our furthest to the left states. So I said, okay, I'll come. What do you want me to talk about? He said, the deep state. And I thought, hmm, that's perfect, considering the times that we're in. This was in 2017, the end of 2017. The term was just kind of starting to get popularized with all the opposition that Trump was facing from the entrenched bureaucracy and the intelligence agencies, even the military industrial complex. I thought, hey, this will be a perfect opportunity to explore not just the deep state within the federal government, within the intelligence community, within the bureaucracy that everybody else is talking about, but to really go a little bit deeper. And I came up with this concept of the deep state behind the deep state, you know, who's pulling the strings of the deep state that everyone's talking about on Fox News and all the rest of it. That was the genesis of the book. And I had done a previous talk called War on America before the deep state term was in in popular use. But I went over sort of what was happening to America, how all these different scams and, and lies were all ultimately related. You know, you focus on a lot of them, Sheila, the green agenda, the global warming scam. Then there's the uh, the trade agreements and the illegal wars and the open borders and the indoctrination in the public schools. So kind of all these things that seem like separate issues, they're all connected. And then finally, you add on top of all that, the spiritual element of it, because, you know, the Bible speaks very clearly about what we today describe as the deep state. In Psalm 2, 2, for example, God tells us that the kings of the earth are conspiring against the Lord and against his anointed. The Bible talks about the spiritual war that we're in and and these powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness and the forces of darkness, the rulers of the darkness of this world. There are very powerful forces conspiring against the Lord and against his anointed to bring about exactly what God told us they were doing, right? They're trying to bring about a global satanic system, a diabolical system where everything that God has revealed to us is turned upside down. And, and, and it's so obvious at this point, you know, the, the war on private property rights, the war on the family, the war on the nation state, right? All these things that God has created. God's the one who said, thou shalt not steal. Uh, God's the one who said thou shalt not murder. God's the one who said he created the nations and divided the people up into nations. And so what we see now is this globalist establishment, very much including the Soroses, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, and all the rest of it, waging war on each of those things. It's it's not a new battle. It's just come much more out into the open now. They, I think they feel like they've indoctrinated a significantly large enough portion of the public to be able to get away with this stuff. And so we're seeing it all come out of the closet now. But the, the real point is this is all related. Uh, it, it shouldn't be a surprise to Christians or people who've been paying close attention to what's happening in the world. Uh, and God has given us clear instructions about what we ought to do with that. And one of the ones that really speaks to me is Ephesians 5.11. God says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them or expose them. And so that's what I'm doing in this book. We're reproving and exposing. And that's what I do in my journalistic work. That's really what you do with your wonderful show, Sheila. And, and I think that's something that Christians all over the world should be thinking about. And now everybody has different gifts. Everybody has different talents. And maybe your area of expertise is not uh, journalism or speaking or doing radio programs. Maybe you have other things you could do. But for those of us who, who 
do communicate with the public, you know, one of the things we should be doing is reproving and exposing. So that's one of the things I tried to do in the book as well is show that, hey, God already told us all this was coming. He already told us what we should be doing about it. And so, you know, here it is. Lay it all out for you. It's, you know, it's a superficial treatment. I could have written an encyclopedia on this, but we also wanted a kind of a short book that would be easy to read for an average person. Yes, and you did such a good job with that. And I like how you've covered separate topics, but yet you've connected the dots on how all these things are interconnected, how you connect the puzzle pieces, you know, by exposing different elements of the deep state, the intelligence community, the bureaucratic machine, both of which now operate outside of constitutional structures. I mean, they're determined to bring down Trump and you get into the tenets behind the deep state, the secret societies, the semi-secret organizations that are so influential, Rothschilds, Rockefellers, the Money Man, Soros, Secret Societies, Skull and Bones, Bohemians, Illuminati. And of course, I also really like the fact that it wouldn't be complete unless you tied in COVID-1984 and the BLM riots and how all of this stuff interconnects, which you did such a good job of. So kudos for that. Yeah, well, th- well, thank you, Sheila. So the second part of the book deals with the deep state strategy. So in the first part of the book, the first section, I talk about who is the deep state? Who are these people and, and what are the forces behind them? So we go to the Bible with that. In the second part of the book, we talk about how they operate. And each of those subjects that you just mentioned makes up a full chapter in the book. Actually, just about when we were going to go to press, we realized, oh my goodness, this would really be incomplete at this point in time if we didn't have a chapter on coronavirus and what the elites are doing there. And if we didn't have a chapter on the riots and how that's being used by the deep state, by the powers and principalities and spiritual uh, wickedness in high places. So we did add those in there. The coronavirus, I think at this point, is really becoming self-evident. They are using that as a pretext to burn down our societies, burn down the middle class, destroy small business, uh, get everybody dependent on government, get us to uh, give up our liberties, our our freedoms, our privacy rights. Now they're installing spyware on our cell phones, right, our smartphones. They are coming up with this contact tracing. They, they're talking about mandating vaccines and coming into our homes and removing people from our homes, including children, if somebody might have been exposed to coronavirus. I mean, it, it's, it's just so out there. It's so Orwellian. And the, the thing that's shocking to me is how many people bought into it, you know, even with, with the face mask. I, I, you know, people say they don't believe the media. The last poll I saw something like 6% of Americans say they really trust the media. But then you go to the grocery store and half the people are wearing a diaper on their face. Like, what? Uh, first of all, they've laid out this plan a long time ago. And, and you know this, Sheila, I know you've talked about it, the Rockefeller Foundation report from 2010 with the lockstep scenario, where they talked about how China was going to do such a great job fighting with the pandemic because they have tyranny, whereas uh, Western countries with these ideas of individual liberty and the rule of law and individual rights that they were going to suffer as a result that people all over the world would demand top-down authoritarian control that we would move into a global biometric ID system this was 10 years before coronavirus we had uh, event 201 in 2019 in October sponsored by the World Economic Forum sponsored by the Bloomberg School of Public Health at Johns Hopkins and sponsored by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation so they've been very very transparent about their agenda during these uh, war games. They talked about censoring social media. They talked about flooding the zone with propaganda to convince us to comply. So the coronavirus is, I I think, one of the critical ones. They're now using it to bring in their cashless society, which is a big part of this movement.
movement, right? And Revelation 13 speaks very clearly to this. There's going to be a time when this global system will be able to prevent people from buying or selling without having some sort of mark. And, and you know, I don't claim to know what the mark is. I have some ideas, some hypotheses about what it might be. But, you know, 2,000 years ago when that was written, that must have just sounded really silly. You know, a, a global regime is going to be able to stop everybody from buying and selling. It just, I mean, it just sounds crazy when, you know, people still get around using horses and carts and, you know, you don't know what's on the other side of your, your village, much less what's going on on the other side of the world. And yet here we are. We have the global elites, the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, the International Monetary Fund, all talking about and promoting this move toward a cashless society. At the same time, they're promoting a global currency to deal with the economic fallout that we've seen from coronavirus. So all of these kind of fit in very neatly with this picture of how the deep state operates. The riots is another good example. You have people like George Soros and the Rockefellers funding Black Lives Matter, funding the Sunrise Movement, funding Antifa offshoots, where they're literally burning down our cities and, and stirring up chaos and rebellion and total crisis everywhere. Again, the purpose is very clear, to burn down our society. The second part of the book, I think, is really important because it brings all these strands together. Those just are the most recent, obviously. Uh, we have a whole chapter in there on China. I really don't think you can understand the deep state's push for a new world order unless you understand that China is such a key part of all this. I mean, the, the deep state, people like the Rockefellers, were instrumental in handing China over to the communists and then in helping to build up communist China into the major global threat that it's become today, uh, to, into the massive persecutor of Christians that it has become today. So all this is related, Sheila, and I hope as people read the book, pieces of the puzzle start falling into place and they say, oh, and this is part of that agenda and this and that. And, you know, at that point, then we don't become as susceptible to this kind of manipulation. You just mentioned Bill Gates and one of the things I want to talk about, of course, because of this global vaccine push, this most terrifying thing to me, and I talk a little bit about this in my book, Technogeddon, that's coming out next year, merging man with machine, the idea that we're, it's the coming human extinction, human 2.0, all these terrifying DARPA projects, you know, and I get into CRISPR and chimeras and frightening things that are happening in labs and human and animal chimeras and all sorts of, you know, almost like right out of the strange island of Dr. Moreau. And then you have all this transhumanism agenda. So I kind of connect all the dots on that. But one of the terrifying things that I think about how it ties in with the global vaccine, and I said this on a show almost, I think, 10 years ago with Tom Horn and Steve Quayle, I said, could the vaccine be a part of neutralizing the very thing in us that desires God? You know, is that part of the mark? almost that we become unsanctioned human beings because maybe we're not even human anymore with this thing. And there's a video floating around. I don't know if it's a defense video and I don't have any way to vet this, but this concept is, you know, through vaccines, we can eliminate that part of the brain where people have a desire for God. That's truly frightening, isn't it? Yes, it really is. And I think it's a, it's a crucial piece of this. The, I mean, the vaccine agenda at this point has become so clearly evil. Uh, I'm sure you know, most of the people watching and hearing this have probably seen that video where uh, somebody is making a presentation. I believe it's at the Department of Defense. And several people falsely said that uh, I think it was Bill Gates who was giving that presentation. And so the fake fact checker said, oh, it's just a hoax. Right, so, well, of course, right. it wasn't a hoax. It was real. And they talked about using a vaccine that would kind of neutralize the portion of somebody's brain that they believe is responsible for religious extremism. And, it, you know, they were talking about it in the context of Islamic fundamentalists in the Middle East. 
Middle East. But think about the implications of this. You know, you look at some of the technology they're developing and they almost like rub it in our faces. You know, this, for example, the, the use of luciferin and luciferase in these experiments being funded by Bill Gates. The use of this quantum dot tattoo that Bill Gates is funding the research for at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. We're all going to get a tattoo when we get our vaccines. Then you look at the other stuff Bill Gates is involved in, right? He's got a partnership with UNESCO, the UN's education agency, where they're promoting global standards and global curriculum. Then you see that the world core curriculum being peddled by the UN, according to the guy who wrote it, Assistant Secretary General of the UN, Robert Mueller, is based on the teachings of Alice Bailey, the founder of the Lucifer Publishing Company. You see this new patent that Microsoft has filed. In fact, when I first heard about this, I didn't even believe it. It just was too crazy. Patent number 2020 six with the UN to implant a piece of technology into your body that will keep track of your cryptocurrency allotments. No way that they're doing that out in the open. Sure enough, I went over to the World Intellectual Property Organization's website and there was the patent application. So this is all becoming very clear. Uh, Bill Gates has this obsession now with rewriting people's DNA. You know, DNA really is the computer program that God wrote to create a unique individual. It's not something that people ought to be messing with, in my opinion. And yet Bill Gates is now has now got this obsession, this zealotry with changing people's DNA. Uh, speaking of the deep state, he wrote an article in one of the deep state's flagship publications here in the United States. It's called Foreign Affairs. It's the uh, flagship magazine of the Council on Foreign Relations. It's one of the, the key deep state organizations in the United States. This appeared in 2018, and it's about editing people's genes, their genetic code. And what happens once you it's this new technology called CRISPR that, that goes in and kind of cuts a person's DNA and inserts new genetic material into there for the purpose of changing their genetic makeup. And these are changes that will be passed on to every future generation of that person's descendants, their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren, like this company Moderna where they're openly telling you this is going to be a new technology called RNA vaccination that quite literally messes with your genetic code. Something is really wrong with this. And I can't say that I understand all the science. I don't have a PhD in you know genetic makeup of human beings and vaccines and all the rest of it. But you just look at everything that's going on and it becomes so clear that something diabolical is going on here, Sheila. And when you just look at the history of the vaccinations that Bill Gates is promoting, it becomes so clear, right? A couple of years ago, I wrote an article in the New American Magazine about what was discovered in Kenya. The World Health Organization, funded by Bill Gates, was doing a so-called tetanus vaccine campaign. And for some weird reason that nobody really explained, they were only vaccinating girls and women of childbearing age. So from you know 15 up through about 45 or 50. And the Catholic doctors there got kind of suspicious. They, they obtained samples of this vaccine from the UN from all over the country, and they sent them off to laboratories. What they discovered was that these vaccines were laced with a hormone called HCG. This is a hormone that a woman's body produces when they are pregnant. It's absolutely essential to be able to carry the pregnancy to term. And what was happening when these girls and these women were being vaccinated with these so-called tetanus vaccines is that their body was developing an immunological response to it that would attack this hormone as if it were a disease or an invader. And so their body would destroy this hormone. The baby would die. The baby would be aborted. And these women were left sterilized. So you had every single Catholic bishop in the entire nation of Kenya say, guys, this is a sterilization program not a vaccination program. The Western media said, no, 
not a peep. And, you know, this is just one of the recent examples, Sheila. There's so many of these. You you realize, you know, this is not a coincidence. There's something very, very fishy going on here. And, and I think we need to understand it in the context of what the Bible reveals. And so I think it's clear this is diabolical what we're seeing, Sheila. And I encourage everybody. I'm not a doctor, but I encourage everybody, do your research before agreeing to subject yourself to any kind of vaccine, any kind of injection, any kind of chipping or tattooing or whatever for you or for your family, for your children. Uh, It is absolutely essential. Well, I'll tell you what, Margaret Sanger would salivate at some of the stuff happening today. I mean, you know, you were talking about these bishops. The Pope's right-hand science advisor, Alex, has said on record that, I covered this in Green Gospel, in New York in a speech, he said, the carrying capacity of the earth should be between 500 million and, and 1 billion. I mean, that's getting rid of 6 billion people. Paul Ehrlich, the neo-Malthusian snake oil salesman that he was, wrote a book with John Holdren, Obama's hand-picked science czar. They talk about things like forced sterilization, uh, sterilants in the drinking water. I mean, this stuff... You can't right, even and make forced it abortions. Forced too, abortions. And they even say that that could be sustained under the existing constitution in the United States, which is simply ludicrous. But I mean, that's what people need to understand. These aren't just people with kind of you know differences of political opinions. These are psychopaths who want to strap women down on tables like they do in China and murder their babies. And I mean, we need to if if we don't speak out about stuff like that, it's disgraceful. It it brings shame on us and on our churches and on our families and, and on our God if we can be silent in the face of such evil. But but also mind control is a big thing here, like cognitive dissonance. I've been covering this for about 10 years. A lot of these Hollywood Illuminati hucksters, these, you know, Luciferian satanic wizards, as I call them, these Illuminati pawns. For 10 years, you know, I've been covering Jay-Z, Beyonce, the Olympics, all the Freemasonic symbolism and these sorcerers. They're into high-level witchcraft, Kabbalah, the Talmud, a lot of these stars you see wearing these red bracelets. So I did this expose, very short under eight minutes of LeBron James. He's doing what I'm calling like incantations, rituals. I mean, I thought I did a marvelous job. And of course, ESPN picked it up. TSN Sports, Illuminati conspiracy theorists. It always comes back to when you're not on board with the liberal narrative. Now they're, you know, they're calling me a complete tinfoil kook. And I thought (laughs) this is amazing, Alex. I find that fascinating. It is. And it, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all, Sheila. These people, many of them, learned from Saul Alinsky, right? The the community organizing guru who uh, basically laid the foundation for what Obama and Hillary and others would later do. And uh, we know who their father is. In fact, uh, thankfully, Saul Alinsky was pretty honest. He dedicated his book to Lucifer. <laughs> so, of course, uh, one of his key strategies was that ridicule is man's most powerful weapon. And so, of course, they ridicule people who speak the truth. Of course, they would call you an Illuminati conspiracy theorist and a tinfoil hat wearer, because that's all they have. They can't talk about the facts. They can't talk about scripture. They can't talk about what's really going on. Many of them have been already handed over to a reprobate mind, so they, I mean, they've been blinded by the god of this world, Satan, and so they're left just sounding ridiculous. And, and all that they have left then is to just throw out nasty terms at people and call you, you know, the equivalent of a, a kindergarten bro. Well, you're a you're a mean poopy head. Okay, but <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you got anything better than that? And they usually don't. So. 
Well, and the other thing I found so fascinating, and this is where I find Christians today, a lot of the these seeker-friendly, cotton candy, comatose, Pied Piper pastors, a lot of the pastors I saw were, I wasn't so much shocked, I was just surprised at these phonies. Oh, rest in peace, Ruth. There's no rest for that mass-murdering butcheress hag. She's killed more babies, Alex, and ruined more lives, this feminist icon from hell. More lives than, than Hitler, Mao, Stalin, and combine and that's a fact and yet all these christians were just placating like oh what a tragedy she died you know i thought what a bunch of phonies i refuse to retract what i said a newsweek picked it up you know sheila Zelensky, the right-wing radical rabid conspiracy kook again same thing but you know i had a pastor well you know even though that's the truth we don't really want to put it out there i thought what is wrong with this picture you know paul said what i become your enemy because i tell you the truth the old jack nicholson you can't handle the truth people are very uncomfortable with the truth aren't they they are. And, you know, we shouldn't be surprised by that either. God tells us they, they actually hate the truth. They, they prefer to do their deeds in darkness. They don't, they don't want them to be seen. And uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is just a perfect example of this. You see the world celebrating her, uh, at least the uh, the mainstream world. And, and that's not surprising at all. She was in favor of abortion. She, uh, she actually, you know, for us Americans, it's it's especially horrifying. She said uh, the, the South Africa has a better constitution than the United States of America. Yeah, she she would think that, right? Our constitution was based on biblical principles uh, enshrined into law by Christians who believed the Bible, who had a biblical worldview. And so, of course, she would think that South Africa's pro-abortion, pro-sodomy, uh, anti-Christian, pro-witchcraft constitution would be superior. But, uh, you know, if you think South Africa's constitution is so much better, why are you serving on the on the Supreme Court of the United States? How about you go serve on the Supreme Court of, say, South Africa, right? There's plenty of other countries where you can uh, have what you want, but it's just so disgraceful, Sheila. And and what I think is really disgraceful, too, is that a lot of people are worried about offending somebody with the truth. You know what? The truth is offensive. When you tell people the truth, and, and not just on things like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the truth on everything is offensive. When you tell people that the only way to heaven is through Jesus, that's offensive. Jesus offended lots of people. He said to the Pharisees, they were hypocrites, that they're a den of vipers, right? Uh, so, you know, the truth sometimes is offensive, but the truth is still important. Well, the truth is important. And I think one of the biggest things that I worry about, Alex, and you covered this so good. And I, I want to spend a couple minutes and talk about this. Public education is really got to be our number one focus because you look at these young Greta Thunberg, you know, acolytes, these little kids want to become these eco warriors. This one group of little kids is suing Donald Trump for killing Mother Earth for the lack of joining the Paris Agreement. I mean, you've been at these UN climate, these COP meetings, these things are straight out of the pits of hell. You know, Al Gore, it's like a nature hike through the book of Revelation. It, it just never ends with this stuff, does it? And that's why it's so important to educate our kids. And I want you also to touch on that United Nations sci-fi as well for kids. Yeah, you're so right, Sheila. I've been going to these UN conferences for over a decade. I actually I was just at the most recent one in Madrid, and I, I came with I went with other people. Uh, one of my colleagues at the New American Magazine, uh, Brennan, came with me, and a very good friend of mine, Debbie Betchigalupi from California, who you probably know, also came with me. You know, I wasn't the only one. We we could feel the darkness, the evil. It was just everywhere. It was just oozing out of the conference, and oh my goodness, everywhere you looked, it was just 
in-your-face evil from all the major stages. You had people talking about how there's too many people on the planet and we need to reduce and we need population control. We need more abortions. I mean, just so in-your-face, they don't even bother to hide it anymore. Now, granted, they don't report most of this in the United States. In fact, they, they barely even reported the conference at all. But it was so obvious what was going on there. It is just, as you've explained so many times, it's a false religion. It's it's this kind of worship of Mother Earth, this crazy paganism that has its roots in the demonic. This is a spiritual war. And this spiritual war, I think people need to understand, very much extends into the classroom. Christians especially need to really take this seriously. This has been probably my primary focus in my work over the last few years, at least, Sheila, is exposing what's going on in the public school system. It is evil. It is destroying our children. It is sexualizing our children. It's encouraging them to become new genders. It's encouraging them as young as kindergarten and preschool to start fornicating and engaging in uh, sexual experimentation and trying new uh, sexual orientations and uh, gender identities and you know all, all this kind of stuff. And this is when they're just very, very young. It's also mentally handicapping them. One of the things that I've focused on a lot over the last five or six years is the fact that in public schools all over America, I I don't know that this is true all over Canada, but I do know that a lot of this stuff is in Canada. I've given uh, a few speeches up there where people have told me, oh, yeah, that stuff's in the public schools up here, too. Uh, They use a method to so-called teach reading that we've known it was proven to be quackery back in the 1840s when it was first tried in the public schools of Boston that had just been developed by a guy called Horace Mann. So they're deliberately turning these children into illiterates. And I think the reason is why the very first education act that was ever passed on this continent, Sheila, was called the Old Deluder Satan Act. Uh, This was passed by the very, very Christian, you know, Puritan uh, pilgrims up in the Massachusetts Bay Colony in the 1640s, before there even was a United States of America. And what they said was, one of the chief projects of that old deluder, Satan, is to deny men knowledge of the scriptures. And so we insist, it is a law that everybody in this colony learn how to read so that they can read their Bible, so that Satan cannot deceive them. And so it's only natural that hundreds of years later, we would be handicapping our children with quackery called the whole word method or the look-say method or, you know, balanced literacy. They, they come up with all these new quack terms to conceal what they're doing. And uh, it's, it's only natural that today we would see public schools handicapping children when it comes to reading. Uh, the government's own data shows that this is the case. You have some states now where the overwhelming majority of young people are functionally illiterate. You have parts of Washington, D.C. where two-thirds of the adult population is functionally illiterate. And, and most of these people spent 12 years in a government school classroom. They can't even read their high school diploma. Explain that to me. Obviously, this is by design. Then you add, uh, you know, the pseudoscience that they teach the children, that they came from slime over billions of years and that there is no God and that this is science. Uh, they teach them that uh, the earth is is dying because of the gas that we exhale, right? Carbon dioxide. Uh, it, it's so ludicrous. And yet it's taught to our poor, impressionable young children as if it were fact. Then there's now all the occultism that's invading the classroom. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier the UN's World Core Curriculum. This is actually modeled on the teachings of Alice Bailey, the founder of the Lucifer Publishing Company, who openly 
said she was receiving this information from what she called ascended masters. These demonic, you know, she called them spiritual entities. Uh, they had she had Jabal Kul, the Tibetan ascended master, who was apparently the uh, the chief of these spiritual entities. But, I mean, any, any Christian who reads their Bible knows that these are doctrines of demons, right? I mean, how many times does God tell us not to talk to spirits and the dead and, and you know things like that? There's the Holy Spirit, and that's it. And and otherwise, you should not be summoning spirits of your dead ancestors. You should not be uh, summoning spirits of of dead. Uh, civil rights leaders or anything like that, and yet I have video of Black Lives Matter education programs where they're teaching teachers to have the children summon dead ancestors into the classroom. They're doing these chants about their ancestors are watching, and then they're supposed to, according to the teacher, uh, speak the ancestor spirits into the classroom. This is happening openly. Right in front of people's faces. The kids are doing yoga, right, which is Hinduism. Yeah. The kids are doing a mindfulness education, which is Buddhism. Uh, the kids are learning about the uh, the five uh, pillars of Islam, and they're reciting the Shahada. Everything is welcome, it seems, except the Bible and Christianity and the Ten Commandments and the Lord's Prayer. So, you know, parents, you have got to take this seriously. They, they are quite literally destroying your children, uh, not just mentally, but morally and spiritually. It's a crime of epic proportions. And fortunately, we don't have to take it. We are free people. In in every state in this union, in America and, and Canada, people are allowed to withdraw their children from the indoctrination centers masquerading as schools and either find a good Christian school or homeschool them yourself. That's what people should be doing. And, uh, you know, I, I'm encouraged, Sheila. I just said uh, today somebody sent me an article saying that the number of homeschool families in America has doubled since the start of the coronavirus pandemic. Ten percent of families now with school aged children are homeschooling, real homeschooling, not, you know, government school at home with a laptop that the government gave you, but real, true homeschooling. So tremendous things are happening. God is working. Yes. But I think probably the most important battle that we could be fighting right now outside of, you know, preaching the gospel to all nations is protecting our children from this evil. And that very much means protecting them from the government school system. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And funny you should mention Alice Bailey. I talk about her a lot in Green Gospel, and she actually, in one of her books called Education for a New Age, she suggests that in the New Age, world citizenship should be part of the goal of the enlightened with a world global federation. And you know what? This is surprisingly echoed in the, the Pope's encyclical as he pushed for a one world global authority, a one world climate authority. Because, hey, Alex, we all have a vested interest in, uh, now they're calling us climate climate arsonist, by the way, but this climate, <laughs> this climate catastrophe, you know, she talks a lot about the new world order, the new age, you know, you mentioned the origins in these books, Bailey claims that Dalwell cool her ascended master, you know, she wrote these books, folks, while she was in a trance using automatic writing. And according to occultist Alex, ascended masters are supposedly this hierarchy of exalted demigods that guide the affairs of humanity. Well, God men or as Nietzsche said, the Ubermen and high-ranking Freemason, Manly P. Hall, Albert Pike, Helena Blavatsky, it all portrays the same thing, these gods and goddesses. And Gender Pachuri said, this has become my religion. You know, this whole thing is be is replacing God with this precious Gaia, Mother Earth, Suzuki talks about. It. I mean, this cry to save the earth, Christians need to understand this is all straight out of the pit of hell, isn't it, Alex? 
It really is. And, uh, you know, I think very few people understand it better than you, Sheila, but you just hit the nail on the head. These people are all deeply involved in the occult. Uh, you look at Alice Bailey's book, though, I mean, the one you mentioned is just a perfect example of that. She openly says that this world government, this world federation based on a world brain uh, is going to involve a synthesis of Marxism and neo-scholasticism. And then you have the Pope saying we need a global educational authority so we can have a new educational system where the village will educate the children into what he described as a new humanism. You see the governments of the world coming together to push this forward. You see uh, one of the big uh, exposés that I recently did is on social-emotional learning, which is all the rage. And as far as I know, this is the first in-depth critical look at social-emotional learning. It didn't take me long, Sheila, to figure out that this, too, came straight out of the occult. In fact, if you go to castle.org, which is the premier organization pushing social and emotional learning, castle.org, if you go to history, what they say, and, and this is the uh, collaborative, uh, I think, association for social and emotional learning. If you go to their history page, they say that the origin of all this came from a meeting that was held at the Fetzer Institute. And I didn't know what the Fetzer Institute was, so I quickly looked it up. You go to their webpage, and it's all about building a new spirituality for a new loving world order. And so I dig a little further. I find out that the guy who founded it, John Fetzer, was a disciple of Alice Bailey. And they were doing in cantations and they were reciting her great invocation at this Fetzer Institute. So it's steeped in the occult in every element. This is now completely running up and down. Every element of our public school system in the United States and increasingly around the world is saturated in this stuff. And, uh, you know, if we lose our children, what else are we fighting for? You know, you, you've got a lot of people who are out there and they're fighting for important political issues. And, and, and I love that. You know, we should be fighting for the unborn. We should be resisting the progress of evil. But if we lose our children while we're doing that, what are we doing it for? You know, the, the Bible says if you don't take care of your own family, you're worse than an infidel. Yes. So what are you doing out there saving the world while you're handing your children over to the enemy to be indoctrinated with occultism? So, you know, we, we put together, and, and I talk about this extensively in the book, Sheila, and we also put together a resource uh, last year. It's a special report in the New American Magazine called Rescuing Our Children, where we break down a lot of this. We tried to do it uh, as simply as possible so that anybody can order, you know, 100 copies of this magazine, give one to their pastor. And it shouldn't be, a, you know, a question of, of if. It should just be, okay, okay, how soon can I warn my congregation about what's happening? God made you a shepherd in your congregation for a reason. And if you're not warning the flock about the wolves that are devouring their young, you know, what good are you? You, you need to find yourself a new job. And I say that with all due respect. I, I love the pastors, but you have got to tell them the truth. God is clear about education. God is clear about the role of pastors and the elders at the church. And, and if you're not doing your job, pff, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but you need to be doing something else. Well, and that's so true. And I love how in the book, and we're going to, in a minute, we're going to talk about how people can get this book. And I really believe it should be mandatory rating for every Christian. I'm serious when I say that. But I love in, I think it's chapter 15, what can be done? Talk a little bit about that before we get into you giving out your information, Alex. Yeah, thank you, Sheila. And so there's a lot that can be done. And I mentioned earlier, you know, everybody has different gifts and different talents. And so it's going to look a little bit different for everybody. But I think the first thing that we need to do is get right with God. The Bible tells us when it talks about the spiritual war that we're involved in, if you go to Ephesians 6, 12, that I, I quoted earlier about the powers and the principalities and the, the spiritual wickedness and the rulers 
powers of darkness of this world. The Bible tells us what our weapon is. The weapon is the Bible. <laughs> it says it's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So when Satan came to Jesus when he was in the wilderness and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, hey, you can have all this. Right? You can have all these empires, all these kingdoms. It's all yours. All you got to do is just bow down and worship me just a little bit. And uh, what did Jesus do? He didn't come up with some elegant philosophical explanation about why Satan was wrong. He just quoted the Bible. <laughs> he said, nope, the Bible says you shall worship and serve the Lord your God and only him shall you serve. Jesus used the word of God as his weapon in this battle. We should be doing the same. And so I, I say that first and foremost, you know, if, if you are not in the word, if you're not praying regularly, if you're not asking God for wisdom and for discernment in these times, if you're not, you know, lifting everything you have up to God, I mean, he gave it all to you in the first place. Who do you think you are to keep it from him, right? And that means your family and your home, your wealth, whatever God has blessed you with, all of it, you know, you've got to dedicate it to God. It's his to begin with. And so that's where we start. Next, after that, uh, at the top of that list, I would say is the education of your children. We have got to get our children out of the public school system. We cannot let the enemy brainwash, indoctrinate, destroy our children and turn them away from God. Now, if your kids go through public school, does that mean they're damned to hell? No, right? God saves our children. We don't save our children. Homeschooling doesn't save our children. Jesus Christ is the one who saves our children. But we've got to be mindful. If you don't lay a good foundation, you know, the Bible tells us you raise up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. If you hand your child over to Caesar, who we know is involved in occultism and who hates the principles that God has revealed to us. If you hand them over to Caesar and Caesar raises them up in the way that they should go, well, hey, you're going to have a problem when they're older. Uh, I think one of the uh, best, not necessarily secular, but non-religious organizations involved in, at least in the freedom fight, is the John Birch Society. So I do encourage people to get involved with that if they're not yet, jbs.org. You know, it, it's named after a Baptist missionary who went to China. He was the first victim of the Cold War. He was murdered by Chinese communists right after World War II ended. Uh, he was a missionary, first and foremost. He went to China to take the gospel to the people of China, who he loved very, very much. Uh, World War II broke out. He ended up rescuing some downed Americans who had to uh, ditch. And they, they asked him, hey, could you please uh, join military intelligence for the duration of the war? So, you know, he felt it was his patriotic duty to to do that. He continued in his ministry, obviously, all along, but he did uh, serve his country as well when his country called, and then he was murdered by communists. And so we view him as kind of the, the first victim. And uh, the founder of the society, he always said what we're dealing with here is a diabolical conspiracy to enslave everybody on the planet under this new world order. So as far as I know, there's no other major organization on this scale that's been fighting this battle, I encourage people to join. Uh, you know, obviously the society has been smeared over the years, just kind of like anybody who goes against them, right? Just like they smear the churches, just like they smear you, Sheila, just like they smear me, just like they smear uh, President Trump, right? He's a racist. He's a homophobe. He's a pick your nasty term. Of course, he's not those things. Okay, and then finally, I do encourage everybody to to get informed. You know, our role as Christians should be to expose and reprove evil. That means we need to be up to speed on what's going on. So first we need to know the Bible and what the Bible says. Then we need to see how does that apply to what's going on in the world. Hey, these diabolical globalists are trying to build this diabolical new world order. We as Christians have a duty to reprove them and to expose them. So everybody should be getting educated. And then once you are well educated, once you're well grounded in the word, then you can be the one who other people look to, to provide information, to make sense in these times. People are scared right now, Sheila. They're, they're, they're fearful about their jobs. They're fearful about the election. They're fearful about their cities being lit on fire. People are terrified right now. 
And we as Christians should be the light. People should look at us and say, wow, why are they so calm? Why are they so composed? How can they be so happy and joyful while the whole world is falling apart? And so we need to be able to step in and explain why to them. So that's kind of a, a superficial overview of what I would suggest to people that they can do. It, it you know, goes deeper in the book. But I, thank you so much for the opportunity to speak on these things, Sheila. I really, really appreciate it. What Alex mentioned, folks, is so important because Jesus said, occupy until I come. If you study that out, we are expected to put action behind this, not just sitting on the sidelines. We got to get in the fight. Luke 10, 19 says we have power and authority over all the power of the enemy. Prayer is so important. And prayer, like I said, in Power Prayers, the book, is when you're addressing God. Warfare is when you are addressing the enemy. And people, if you don't have a good, solid, Bible-based, spirit-filled church, get into a home group, start one, have a Bible study together, pray together. Prayer is so, well, what does James 5 tell us about it? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. This is so important. And what Alex is saying, protecting our children should be the number one priority. And Alex, please do give out the information on how folks can follow you. Where can they get the book? Give your information out, please. Well, thank you once again, Sheila, so much. And I couldn't agree more with you. You're just right on the money with those verses, with what we're instructed to do. God gave us clear instructions. And the place where those instructions are written down, it's called the Bible. We ought to all be reading it. So uh, people who want to uh, follow me, I'm on social media. Uh, Twitter for now is uh, Alex Newman underscore J-O-U for journalist. On Facebook, it's Alex J. Newman 86. I'm on Parlor at uh, Alex Newman. My personal website is libertysentinel.org. Most of my journalism goes up at The New American. Uh, So it either appears in the magazine, The New American, or uh, on the website, thenewamerican.com. I write for a lot of different publications. I post all of it on social media, but, you know, the Epic Times, World Net Daily, uh, the Law Enforcement Intelligence Brief, uh, Freedom Project, Illinois Family Institute. I've got lots of different clients that I write for, but if you follow me on social media, you'll find that. And I do just encourage everybody to uh, get out there and, and get educated on these things. So for the book, if you follow me on social media, I'll be posting details. It will be available through Amazon and Lesson until Amazon decides to ban us for talking about the things of God <laughs> and for spreading the truth. But other than that, it will also be available through some of the websites that I mentioned, and it'll be available publicly for sale. Thanks for that, Alex. And all the information, folks, is linked. If you're watching this on YouTube, it is linked in the description. Alex, it's such a pleasure to have somebody just so notably awake in this world. It's just such a breath of fresh air to have someone like you out there that is exposing this evil because boy, there's a lot to expose and there's so few of us out here that are really sounding the alarm. So thank you for being one of those watchmen on the wall, Alex. And folks, I really, you're getting like a sneak peek into what I think is going to be the book of the year. And again, Alex, thank you for everything you do and thank you for coming on today, sir. Hey, thank you so much, Sheila. The feeling is mutual. God bless you. And looking forward to our next conversation. Thanks, Alex. Folks, that was Alex Newman, LibertySentinel.org. All his information is linked in the description below. The book is The Deep State, The Invisible Government Behind the Scenes. Get yourself a copy today. And thank you so much for tuning into the program. We'll see you real soon. Good night and God bless you.